Hey, welcome back to the Pastor Talk podcast. This will be our last podcast on the Enneagram. We want to thank you for making this uh, journey through the Enneagram with us. We hope something in it has perhaps been helpful. We hope that maybe you've had an opportunity to see yourself somewhere in it, maybe learn some things about yourself and how we all are wired, either how we got there or how it affects us. We've enjoyed the conversations. We've enjoyed the discussions we've been able to have about the Enneagram. We look forward to having more of those perhaps down the road. We struggled with how to end this. Um, You know, we went a couple of weeks longer than we planned with the quarantine and everything. And so actually the quarantine took us to our final session, which is Michael and I are going to offer some thoughts on where each type might be in the midst of this lockdown, of this shutdown and social distancing time, how some of our current experience might land on each type, and then some thoughts on how each type might have some unique traits and some unique possible um, things that they do naturally well that help others or help us in this time as well. So we want to probably give you the Uh, asterisk on the front end. We are certainly not experts in this. Of all of the sessions, this one is the least academic and the most uh, instinctual. We're kind of making some assumptions based on our experiences and our reading. And if this doesn't fit, perfectly fine, but we hope maybe there'll be something in it that will uh, make some sense. Yeah, there's no way that we could have predicted when we began the Lenten study in the beginning where we would be right now. And so I think it is just a word of uh, thanks for going along with us. And also, I hope that as we've made this journey, um, the Enneagram has provided for you a lens, not only of what has happened in your life, but maybe as we even look at today, how this can be applicable in our very present lives. Yeah, so we'll just be going through the types and we'll be offering you some thoughts and we hope they're helpful. Uh, We will start in order. We'll just start with the ones. Michael, what's your sense of what a one is experiencing in this time of distancing and quarantine? You know, it's tough because a lot of ones who are in the workforce are probably working from home. I would guess that if you have a space that you can sort of set aside as your own. Ones are probably waking up generally on time, getting to their home office and crushing it, getting stuff done, and that might feel good. It also might not be going that well if you have to work with other people and you have to show up on Zoom meetings and all of your colleagues are sort of not doing the work that needs done and that's landing on your plate. I've got to imagine that's got to be pretty tough for a one right now. Yeah, I would think so. You know, ones tend to be creatures of habit. They they like routine, and it, that generally comes because a one has established an efficient and effective and productive routine, and so they like to stick with it. I, I think particularly those ones who have that routine significantly upended right now may be struggling, but most ones probably are quickly finding a new routine um, they're probably dedicated a space at home where they're set it up as their office and they're in there getting things done. Ones by nature are productive, and I doubt this has changed that. In terms of what's behind uh, some of a one's stuff, you know, ones especially, I would think, with a two wing could be feeling some frustration now in this time if they have the people if they you mentioned the frustration with other people but that sense of justice for the one if they have the idea that people are taking being taken advantage of that there's unfairness happening uh, that there's wrongness in any of this I think for a one they might be getting in touch with some of that anger some of that righteous indignation that tends to be an undercurrent for a one? Wouldn't you say that a one in this current circumstance may be looking for that idea of perfect and this is the worst moment to try to achieve whatever that level of perfection is, whether that's your health goals or your family goals or what you think the expectation of family life should be. Everyone right now is waking up and calling audibles for the rest of the day. I mean, we're, we're all trying to make best with what we have. But for a one who lives in a pretty structured world 
where things have a place and there's an order and there's a right and there's a wrong. There's this internal jury that's judging a one's actions. I think it could be a particularly challenging moment if you're struggling to make those adaptations. Uh, it could easily be a moment where you start feeling like things are building up. Yeah, and if you run a business and you had to send people home and ask them to work from home and be efficient, I think you'd want lots of those people to be ones. I, I would think you would. So let's think about the other side of that. What does a one offer the world or the people around them in this time, Michael? What does a one bring to the table that the rest of us need from them right now? Well, quite frankly, Clint, we all need order now in some ways more than ever. We need people to remind us that just because there are disruptions does not mean that the rest of us can abdicate responsibility. So I think it's good uh, for the one in the family to remind people, hey, yeah, you should wear clothes to supper sometime, not just pajamas. Hey, we should as a family uh, not just sit here and, and zone out on screens every night. Let's get out of family board game because that's what we should do as a family. I think ones can help us remember that even when things are different, there, there can be order to life. Yeah, very much so. And, and I think the other gift that a one might offer is, again, that sense of looking for what is best as the rest of us maybe try to muddle through day to day, that the one is that person that can point us toward, hey, is there a time to grow? Is there a time to make improvements in this time? Could we as a family, an organization, a business, whatever it is, be more effective? Could we succeed in a new way? And I think some ones in your corner during this time, probably pretty helpful because they really add such stability to an environment. You know, if you're going to do some self-care during this time, ones, I think it would be really good for you to find moments to disengage from whatever you think that normal needs to be and to intentionally practice reminding yourself who you are right now and what you're doing right now is good enough. You're a beloved child of God. Even, even just journaling about what does it mean for me to be a beloved child of God could be a significant uh, invitation to ones as you seek to share your positive gifts. Yeah, and maybe I think for the one not to experience the unsettledness as additional pressure and really as freedom. I mean, it, it, the typical one is going to, by anyone else's standards, probably excel in this time. And likely the only one who's going to think they're not doing well enough will be themselves. And so ones, give yourself a break. You're, you're, you're probably doing great. You're probably ahead of most of the game. And so g give yourself the freedom to, to be done at 3 o'clock instead of 5 o'clock. To start the first hour of the day in your pajamas if that's what you needed. It, it's okay not to have those things feel like pressure. If, if they feel better for you in terms of transition, I flipped the switch. I was at home. Now I'm at work. Great. But if they feel as pressure to you, easier said than done, but lighten up on yourselves a little bit and go along a little ways if you can. I think that brings us to twos. Clint, how do you think twos are doing? I have to imagine this is a really hard time for twos. I mean, you, we're talking about the people who are connected relationally, probably more so than any other number. They, they have this spider web of connections and interconnections. They love taking care of people. They love touching base with people. They love being instrumental in people's lives. And now we've taken them and we've told them, you know, stay six feet from everybody and don't, don't really get involved. I have to think this is kind of soul wrenching for a two. Um, I can't imagine it's an easy period. Yeah. I, I think you're exactly right, Clint. I think that this is, by nature of what it is, because of the social distancing, yes. I think there's another level of that, relationally and maybe even spiritually. This is a cold affront to all of us who, at one time or another, and especially twos, who entertain that idea that I'm needed. Mm -hmm. Because literally overnight, 
some of those things that we have always done for people ceased. Uh, we, we couldn't go uh, drop in and deliver goodies. We couldn't go bring a meal over when the kids needed a break. We can't go babysit for that couple that we know just needs a date. I mean, that narrative that we might tell ourselves that I'm indispensable, I'm needed in this circumstance, that narrative's been blown to pieces in this moment because, quite frankly, the walls have come down and for a moment, um, that stuff's not available to us. So to whatever extent the two right now is wrestling with identity and the realities of how uh, these relational connections continue on even when you can't help, I think this is going to be a dark night. This is a difficult time. Yeah, and in that, there could really be a gift for it too, to, to nurture those relationships in ways that aren't self-referential and to really find genuine ways to nurture those relationships, to touch base with neighbors, to use social media. Um, but the gift of this time for it too might be that it's impossible for them to put themselves in the middle of it. And by definition, it almost forces them to a, a little bit more healthy place of truly connecting with others in, in a limited way. Um, twos, I, we know that this is not easy for you. Um, on the other hand, Michael, a, a two naturally brings a lot to this time. The, a two shows up with a lot of very necessary and important skills right now. Nobody is better at thinking about the needs of others. Nobody is better about being creative, about how to lift other people's spirits and what they could do to encourage others. And twos, you really have a moment to shine here from a healthy place. We, we the rest of us, we very much appreciate and admire your ability to come up with new ways to connect with people and to give some joy to people and some light in the darkness and uh, keep doing that and, and find new ways to do that. Wouldn't you think that'd be a, a two kind of thing? Yeah, I think that as this extends on, and who knows what the horizon of this is, twos are an incredibly important piece in this entire community because fundamentally uh, twos are able to see needs in a way that uh, absolutely we all need to see. And there is really a circumstance in which people could easily fall through the cracks. Uh, people really could have needs and us not know it simply because Government agencies are less effective than they normally are, uh, though local leaders are trying to respond in positive ways. There's just gaps that exist. And so, too, as I do think in a, in a moment in which there's some frustration in the air, people are impatient, there's even a little bit of some relational friction happening, uh, of course, within homes, but even culturally, there's just some of that happening. We need to be reminded that we need to care for the lost and the least, that we need to keep our perspective looking outward, and that's a natural gift you bring to the conversation. Yeah, and twos, your self-care moment here is that you're probably feeling lonely. You're probably feeling maybe more so than many of the rest of us a sense of disconnect, and therefore you're most at risk of activating some of those particular temptations of, of your personality type, which is scorekeeping. You know, I called them three times. They didn't call me back. They didn't call me. One. A, a two is going to have to be careful right now not to let some of that disconnect push them in unhealthy places. But twos, if you can manage that, lead the rest of us in how we can reach out and connect right now because we're all struggling and you're better at it than most of us are. Threes, Michael, um, how do you think our threes are doing? Threes are winning it right now. Threes are beating the coronavirus. No, I joke. But I do think if you are a three, you know something about getting up, surveying the landscape, making a plan, and tackling it. And the 
ever-present temptation of the three is going to be to fill their life with productive, efficient mechanisms to succeed. And this is another context in which to win. If you got moved home and you have to work from home, you're going to figure out how to be the best remote worker that's ever existed. Uh, how you climb the corporate ladder to VP of remote work. Or if you are a three in your home, uh, and you might have started four businesses by now, trying to figure out how to monetize people being at home, and you have ideas. And I, The temptation of a three is going to be to very quickly fill life with all of this efficient, productive, bettering stuff so that once again you are unable to slow down to take care of yourself and the people around you and uh, to become fixated on whatever the next ladder that needs climbed and therefore miss the moment you're in. Sure, so the the three mom or dad who's home with kids, they're homeschooling, they may be convinced that they've got a better way to educate kids than the school did. You know, they, that, that three is going to find ways to do all of that. The danger in that threes is that you're doing that to kind of protect yourself from some of what else might be going on, whether that's fear over the situation we're in or whether it's just your kind of natural tendency to define yourselves by achieving things you're going to need to be conscious of that. The good news is there's lots of new things. There's lots of stuff upside down and there's lots of need for people to help us manage it. The bad news is that can be um, the siren song for a three and, and lead you into a place that isn't good for you. So um, the, the, I think the good news, bad news for a three, from my perspective, Michael, is that it's it's a good time to be a three, but there's always a risk in being a three. Completely. And I think that can get framed in a couple of ways, Clint. I think one way it gets framed is if you're a three and lost your job or you're a three on furlough and all of the stuff that you've invested your identity in just got ripped out from under you, this could be a dark night sort of moment. And it may be in that an invitation, a possible opportunity for the three to um, sit in a little bit of quiet to discern who am I and where is God in this moment. Um, And not, by the way, I might add as a three, to just fill your life with uh, self-help, business empowerment books that you've had on your shelf waiting for you to read. Now, maybe this is a time for some soul searching. But I do think you're right, Clint. Another way to frame it is if you're a three and you can still live with that narrative that I'm indispensable, that I'm needed, that I uh, can succeed and I can rise up whatever ladder of success I've chosen to be important, then you need to work on that soul work that allows you to be that voice of optimism, that voice of possibility. Because quite frankly, the three can bring a lot of get up and go to a conversation and say, hey, we did it this way. Today we're doing it this way and it's going to be great. Let's go. And if you can bring that to the conversation, you're going to be offering a great good. But if you bring it to the conversation and root it in the sense of needing to draw from other people approval and once again, that sort of external measure of success, whatever you've defined for yourself, uh, that's going to be a tough uh, thing for you to work through. Yeah, and and the, the good thing, I think the thing that threes offer us is they're going to find some ways to be productive. They're going to find some ways to be efficient. Threes are likely to stumble on or not even stumble on to create some really positive things, some some really helpful things. And threes, if you can release the idea that those things elevate you and share them as true gifts to others. So if you can share the homeschool idea without needing to get credit for being the greatest homeschooler ever, you offer the rest of us some real benefit. But you have to understand the risk that goes with that. And I, th- I think... Michael, if if a three could manage to keep themselves on the sideline a little bit, they are likely to really help the rest of us uh, with some stuff that will will get things done and be efficient and and help us succeed in the rest of the the mess. 
as you said before, Clint, you said it really well, it should be repeated. That's the thing that's dangerous about threes is when they show up with gifts that are so useful, the temptation is for them to share those gifts so that other people return to them the thing that they think they need because they don't believe that they themselves have worth. So uh, offer the gifts you have threes, but you don't need to offer them to be a person of value. Uh, you're loved and valued for who you are. So that takes us to number four. How are our fours doing, Clint? Yeah, so there are a couple of numbers, I think, particularly four and six, for whom they're kind of unfortunately wired for these moments. The difference may be that I think the four almost enjoys it a little. I mean, the the idea that that four is comfortable with sadness and melancholy and is somewhat at home in the dark places, it would be easy for a four right now to crawl in that cave and and not come out very much, to really dig into that woe is all of us, woe is me, doom and gloom, and, and just soak in it, just sit in it. And that would be, a, I think, a real natural temptation for a four if if they weren't actively trying to avoid it. It's also a tough moment for fours, I think, because fours have this inner need to differentiate themselves from others, mm-hmm. to be unique. And this is a tough time because you need other people around you to be unique. You need others to be in that interplay. And so if you have naturally framed your life that way, you may be struggling to figure out, well, how am I different in a world that's struggling with the same stuff that I am. I know my neighbors and my family and my friends, they're all, we're all deal, we're all in this together. And as a four, I do think you need to be very careful to not go to a place of deep unhealth, unhealthfulness, unhealthiness, um, and to wallow in that, to not feel the need to make yourself uniquely dark, uniquely unhealthy, uniquely, you need to recognize that that your uh, worth and your merit does not lie in sort of this separateness, but rather in something deeply held within you. Yeah, I can imagine that fours would be having a hard time getting out of bed, um, sort of throwing themselves into that idea, it just doesn't matter, mm-hmm. who cares, um, maybe... There could be some self-care happening. You know, fours, um, if they don't need to clean up or express their individuality by being seen, if they're not going to be online or, or out and about, a four might be able to talk themselves or allow themselves to cut some corners in terms of uh, hygiene and uh, laundry piling up and some of that. So fours... I, th- I think you need to recognize this is a hard time to be a four, but it may not feel hard because some of it resonates with where you come from. And you you maybe of all the types or among the types may have to work the hardest to differentiate where you could naturally go from where you want to go. And I, I think that's going to take some work for the fours. Now, on the other side, Michael, what what does the four bring to this moment that the rest of us can use and benefit from? Well, I'll just give an example. Uh, There's a Pixar movie by the name of Inside Out, and it's about the different emotions uh, that a little girl has. And one of those emotions is sadness. And I'm about to ruin the movie for you. But the punchline of the movie, one of the story arcs, is that um, we discover that a person can't be joyful all the time, that sometimes you just need someone who understands sadness to be able to unlock uh, our emotions and to help us process things. And fours, of all of the types, you have an access to sadness, to melancholy, to that dark side of life that you cannot assume the other numbers have. They just have not plumbed the depths like you may have. And so a great gift that you can offer to many people right now is the willingness to call and to listen. Uh, Because other people's experience of grief and frustration 
and maybe even anxiety in this time is likely not even close to the emotional registers mm -hmm. that you felt. And so if you can sit in the room and listen and just show others that you care and be a guide for them in their own sadness, oh, that's an unbelievable gift that you could offer. Yeah, there's a significant number of Enneagram types who aren't very comfortable with those feelings of vulnerability, with sadness, with struggle. And fours, if you're in a healthy place, you can very much act as the tour guide for those of us that don't go to that place very often and, and frankly don't want to, but may find ourselves in increasingly during these moments, whether that's loneliness, whether that's the, the heaviness of these moments of seeing death tolls and sickness counts and spread maps and, and those kind of uh, realities that we're all dealing with. Fours, you are at home in a way that most of us aren't. And as such, I think you offer us some real wisdom and some real guidance as we try to navigate some of that. I also think that fours, as people who are expressive of the in the inner life and the soul, I do think that this is a really powerful moment for you to create in whatever means that seems natural to you. Uh, images, um, metaphors, whether that's with words or, or maybe actual with paint, maybe that's with making video, maybe that's with song. Uh, as a number that tends to be a creative number, you know, do not underestimate how much those symbols mean to other people. That you can, in many ways, create things out of your own life experience and share them on social media or however is best fitting because that can really mean a lot to people going through this. Mm -hmm. That brings us to fives. Fives, I think, are an inner... This is an interesting question for a five because on one hand, the five may not be particularly troubled by lots of this. The social distancing may not be a huge factor to a five. In fact, some of them, the, particularly the introverted ones, may think, what's everybody complaining about? This is, this is great. Um, there is a near constant stream of new information for the five to look out. You know, it, it, if the five is interested in coronavirus, there's a, an endless well of articles daily, of testing results. Of uh, They are digging in and processing all of that. You know, f for a five in some ways, Michael, this may not be a, a particularly uncomfortable space. Yeah, and I think that's true. I would add to that. I think that the fives have got to be very careful of their use and access to the Internet. Because fives are perceptive people. They're those people who are looking and watching and they're seeing. And, you know, the interesting thing is about the Internet. The Internet tends to deliver you the stuff that you want or that you're most likely to click on. And the reason I mention that, fives, is you have this inner desire to know. Just remember that the stuff that you're consuming is maybe not all stuff that you're choosing. And that frames the way that you view things. So I do think there is some real need for, for evaluators, for thinkers, for people sort of looking. If all you read every day is that either the world is going to hell in a handbasket or the opposite, uh, that's going to be a very tough mental space for you to navigate right now. Yeah, and I think... Healthy fives, Michael, have to be frustrated with this fact that everybody is home, everybody has access to the internet, and just the abundance of non-logical, non-scientific, non-evidential, just the amount of garbage that is out there, the, 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 the fake stuff, the false stuff, the the misleading stuff, the misquoted stuff, that has to be kind of soul draining. I, th I think it's hard on all of us, but for a five that very much values and treasures precise information, that has to be miserable. That, ha that has to be tough. And so fives, um, though you have a tendency 
to, to kind of keep good information to yourself, though that may be your natural bent. I think one of the places fives can help us is really to kind of shed a light on trustworthy information. And, and fives, I'm not suggesting you just lecture everybody all the time. What, what I'm saying is I think fives provide a nice balance to the person who reads one article and takes it as gospel truth because the five has read 15 articles and thoughtfully processed what they mean for them. I do think that that is an opportunity for the five to offer a lot to the larger conversation. Fives, you are able to approach circumstances with a relatively non-emotional stance, not without emotion, but you're generally able to, to separate between what you think and what you feel. And I'll just be honest, you are alone in that camp at this point. Most people are so emotionally invested in this conversation that to really, to think clearly is a thing that most people have lost at this point. Now, that's not to say that others can't work on that, but I do think you can come to this conversation with a kind of non-anxious presence that is a valuable gift. So share that gift with others. And you know, maybe that doesn't look like you're just throwing more stuff into the noise, but I do think fives, you have a gift for being able to process things and sit with things, and we all need that right now. And I, I do think maybe just a word there, Michael, uh, thinking about it on the other side, you know, fives also um, realize that as you bring that information, you often bring it to people who are emotionally connected to their reception of it. So in other words, when the five talks statistically about disease rates and transmission rates and death rates, and that seems like just flat science to a five, if they're saying that to a two or to an obsessed six, you, you need to understand that not everybody is able to approach those conversations with that kind of separation between thought and feeling and um, feel your way into those conversations so that you're not upsetting people unintentionally. And this is, it is positive, but there's also a little bit of a warning in this. Fives should be double-checking, are there people in my life? Am I welcoming people in my life? Remember, fives are the ones who are of this tendency of creating firewalls and sort of keeping people separate from people. Um, so this is not a time to disappear from the world. It would be easy to do in a moment of social distancing, but fives need to stay engaged. You need to find ways that you can connect with people, and that is going to be the context in which you can share your gifts. And so don't let yourself get to a place where you're locked in the room and nobody knows where you're at. Yeah, hang in there, fives. We definitely could use your thoughtfulness. Uh, Michael, sixes. And again, difficult time for all of the types in one way or another. This has to land hard on sixes. This is the worst nightmare. This is all of the things that the six is afraid Coming to real life. It's, I, it's a system breaking down. Yep. It's people not doing what they're supposed to do. It, it's it's unsettled information. It's changing landscapes. It's vulnerability. It, it's, it really is the big snowball that, that the six fears. Yeah, because ultimately the six's fear is that I'm not safe. And... That is literally the conversation that's happening on every airwave is what is the level of safety that surrounds you? So you know, six is this, this is maybe the moment to pause and to name that. The first way out is probably down, is just to recognize that uh, the thing that has driven my behavior, trying to surround myself with people who can protect me and systems that can provide me security, um, it's likely for many sixes the systems have betrayed them or that's the feeling that the institution, whether that's your work or the government or the community, you know, whatever those institutions are for you, that they've been unable to make um, the promises that you feel like that they have made to you. Sixes, you just got a name. I live in a moment in which stuff is not the way that I think it should be. 
because from that moment you can start reflecting on well where are you really are you safe are you doing what you can and trusting god to carry the rest yeah so six is i think one helpful realization as michael has said if if you can name your anxiety if you can understand that your fear meter concern meter is probably sensitive a point or two so if if you're feeling 10 realistically we might be at 8 and and that's okay if if you can acknowledge that you have a tendency to bring more anxiety than a situation may warrant and you can give yourself the freedom to confess that to admit that i i think that helps because then when you're at 10 you can talk yourself down and say no I, I'm, it's really eight or, or maybe it's really seven out there because I always add a couple of numbers just by virtue of, of my approach to things. And, and I think maybe that begins to help the six step back a little bit. Uh, six is, I would also say, really important right now for you to try and stay connected to people you trust. Uh, you may not be able to see them physically, but Make sure you're in email contact or phone contact, conference calls, whatever that looks like for you now. Make sure you're touching base with some of those people in your system because they really are the, the way that you prop yourself up. And there's nothing wrong with that. We all need that right now. Uh, that's where I was going to go, Clint. I was going to say that I think a gift that Sixes can offer is, above all times, we need connectedness. We need trust. We need some stability. And six is with your natural belief that we can be connected, that we can create ordered structure, that we can mitigate some of this fear and anxiety. Listen, the world needs that right now. We need to be reminded that we rely upon one another, that uh, we can uh, continue to make choices that benefit the larger whole and not just ourselves. And so six is continue to, like I think Clint is recommending, uh, dial back that that anxiety to a level that is uh, maybe a little bit truer to the current reality. But in addition to that, seek to be injecting into the conversation some of that stuff that you know and that you trust. Some of those core uh, concerns that you have are concerns that are very relevant right now. Michael, is, is this fair in an ironic way? Sixes for us right now might be realists mm. I, I mean sixes tend to, to be out a couple of steps ahead of the rest of us in terms of anxiety but right now they're they're probably closer mm. to where the rest of us should be mm-hmm. and you know you, we're not sixes are not the ones out protesting and gathering in groups without masks on that that's not happening for sixes right now almost undoubtedly so sixes, as new systems and as new guidelines, as we begin to reintegrate into society and we figure out things like, do we shake hands anymore or is it elbow bumping or do we bow to one another? I, I, do, I think sixes offer us mm-hmm. uh, some significant guidance as the rest of us reconsider what structures look like because sixes are going to have a head start on us. We love you, Sixes. They'll be down that road a ways already. We love you, Sixes. We need you. Stay strong. Uh, This, Though it may be the nightmare, there will be daybreak once again. And uh, remember that God goes with you. There is no darkness. God is not gone. That leads us to sevens. When I think of a seven, I stuck at home. I see one of two scenarios spotless house, literally gleaming, shiny, everything has been cleaned, it's been moved, it's been put away, then it's been rearranged and put in new places 10 times, or I see garbage dump, just everything. I I can't imagine how difficult social distancing and stay-at-home kind of orders-ish are for sevens who have that desire, that drive to be out there, to be doing things, to be extroverted, to be with people often. Uh, sevens have to feel a little bit like caged animals right now. 
Yeah, I think sevens have got to feel like their world just came crashing to a halt. And as you start thinking about what it means for you to live sort of into this new normal, I do think sevens need to be careful that you don't suddenly turn into like super endurance athletes overnight, that you don't find yourself getting on a bike and riding 100 miles when you've not trained. I mean, fundamentally, sevens are always sort of pushing the edge anyways, Clint. And here we're in the circumstance where it is now not only them pushing the edge, but pushing the edge with a, with a huge current against them. So this could be a time for a seven where there might be even some more dangerous life choices, some stuff like, oh, well, I'll just buy the next Expedia ticket to wherever and I'll be fine. Don't make rash decisions in the absence of the sort of pace that you've been keeping. Now is really a very probably difficult moment, but a very pregnant moment for sevens to consider um, what is my internal life look like and how can I have uh, an opportunity to reflect on why I feel driven to this sort of frenzy. Um, there's really, it's a forced moment, which never feels good, but that's an opportunity. And while I think some of this is true for every type, because we, in, in each type we find something to hide from or hide behind, I think Sevens need to be in a moment of caution as well, Michael, in terms of some of their behaviors. And, and what I mean by that is that a seven is an escapist type, and they often use activity and busyness to avoid something internally. Well, when you take away some of those possibilities and, and you function within a much smaller realm, now what do we begin to worry about? Uh, my relationship with alcohol, mm. my relationship with the computer, w with spending, with gambling. Um, I, I, I begin to have an increasing concern about those escapist behaviors that can be tempting in those moments of isolation or those moments of distancing. And, and sevens, I, I think it is clearly worth being alert to any of the red flags that you might be heading those directions. This is where getting some accountability partners, getting some people to help. I think those things can be very important right now for seven so that they don't allow themselves or find themselves chasing some paths that could have some really, some really stiff consequences. Absolutely. And I don't want to make a harsh transition here because all of that needs said. But, of course, we want to speak to some of the positives Absolutely. as well. And I think sevens, the world needs some whimsy. The world needs you to inject some of your infectious life and energy. And you know what? People have not yet discovered that they can have fun uh, on Zoom and video conferencing. They haven't figured out all of the different ways that you've already figured out how to make life more interesting. Goodness gracious, go share your life and your energy with the world. Uh, yes, your walls of your home may feel like a prison, but that can also, if you reframe it, be a base camp to share life and light and love with others. So figure out how to channel your energy because the world needs it. Yeah, and, and the world is desperate for some positive. So get, yeah, sevens, you are, um, the, the energy you bring to those things, get, get out there with your dance videos and you're checking in with people. And, hey, do you want to have virtual lunch and, and those kind of things? I mean, you're going to think of things the rest of us aren't. And those are a real gift to the people who need them. So that leads us to the eight. How are the eights doing, Clint? Yeah, uh, I think the eights, this is an interesting time for an eight because, uh, you know, that, that tendency to be against that nature of challenge there is a lot to push against right now. And it doesn't matter if you're conservative, if you're liberal, whatever you are, if you're science, if you're anti-science, there's a lot of low-hanging targets out there for the eight to, to um, focus on. And I think the temptation for an eight right now is that anger, which is always present, is, I, I mean, it's just day after day it's kind of the same thing and it's there and uh eights i think y you all have to be careful right now that 
that anger isn't uh, the growing response to this situation. I don't know why I'm stuck on movies today, but the in the Marvel movies, the superhero movies, uh, one of the characters asks the uh, Bruce Banner, the Hulk character, and asks, what's your secret? And he says, the secret is, I'm always angry. And I think if you're an eight, you are someone who knows something about keeping anger in check. And right now, there's just like gasoline poured on anger all of the time. I mean, it would be so easy to pick whatever target seems like a target that makes sense to you and to just go ballistic. And here's the danger is when that comes home, when you bring that to your family, uh, because we're all dealing with frustrations with our family, right? We're together at a level and with a kind of consistency now that we're all trying to process. And so if you take that out with words, if you uh, find, uh, maybe that's even colleagues, if you start to sort of uh, break out and that anger is so fueled that it's uncontainable, um, that's going to be an issue. Yeah. And, and think about where an eight comes from that that anger or that challenge is often the response to vulnerability. So it, it's the way eights protect themselves from feeling vulnerable. So what do we have now? We have a disease to which we're all vulnerable, novel. Nobody has immunity. We have people telling us what to do, which eights historically aren't very much a fan of. We, we have... Eights live at a very interesting intersection of all the stuff that's happening culturally right now. And um, I, I think eights, you need to, to work really hard on some, some meditation, some get out and walk, to some moments of calm, um, distance from people, maybe from everybody for, for times uh, to let some of that go. I, I just I think eights are in a particularly it could be a dangerous spot for them a a, a, a hard spot. And one way to frame this eight uh, is to use your gifts for the sake of others. There are people who are vulnerable right now. There are people who need stood up for some of that innate desire to challenge is exactly what we need right now. Wait a minute. Are you sure that this is the right decision for right now? Have you thought this through? Uh, an eight's confrontational disposition is not always a problem. Sometimes that's a great asset. So uh, leaders, uh, we need people who are willing to stand up and say difficult things. We need people who are looking out for the interests of others. We need uh, people who are connected to their vulnerabilities so that they can uh, be strong for those who are vulnerable. Uh, eights, this is a important moment for you to live into the, the blessings of your gifts uh, because it's not just, eights aren't just time bombs waiting to explode. You, you have gifts of strength and ability and uh, there are many people who could really use your strength right now. Yeah, and I think eights, the, the key to that might be the ability to laugh at yourself. To, to let it be okay and, and get rid of some of that frustration in a more positive way. So if, if you're on the verge, if, if you see an out-of-state license plate and you all of a sudden clench up because what are they doing here? If you see the person walking without a mask or you see the group of 10 or you think it, it's all stupid and we shouldn't have to do any of it. Whatever it is that's fueling you right now, if you can give yourself an out and, and laugh at yourself, if you can find humor in the escalation, you I think you can diffuse it. And as Michael said, then I, I think you have the opportunity to bring some of that passion, some of that strength to, to the right places in the right ways. Which... Michael brings us then to the nine, um, a curious place for a nine, in some ways comfortable, and in some ways incredibly tough. Yeah, let's frame that. So for nines, this, this inner disposition is to create a world of peace externally, 
the way that you try to achieve internal peace is by making everyone else peaceful. Here's the problem with that. No one is peaceful right now. I mean, I'm not saying that some of us don't have moments where we feel peace, but just the water that we are currently swimming in. And so nines have people that surround them who are dealing with all of the frustrations and struggles and impatience and stuff that's happening right now. And the nine will spend themselves to complete bankruptcy, trying to create that peace for the others that they love. And they, they, it's just an inexhaustible well right now, Clint. It can't be done. So nines who are alone and at home and maybe got their time back and feel like it's just them and their dog, maybe this is an okay time for a nine. Maybe this feels like you're sort of recharging batteries. But if there are people close to you that you love, this may be a pretty grueling moment for a nine. Yeah, I think a lot of nines, Michael, might initially like the idea of social distance and of withdrawal because it does kind of fit that apathetic temptation that lives within every nine. But I think very quickly the reality of separation or isolation in a home where now you can't get away from spouse and kids and and there's not room to really detach in the way that you need to. I, I think this on the surface could look like it's okay for nines, but so much of what happens in a nine is under the surface and, and it could be turbulent waters right now. And so nines, you need to be, um, I think, honest. I think upfront, obviously self-aware is, is great for all of us, but nines understand that your tendency isn't is to not deal with something until it absolutely has to be dealt with. And and often by then, it's a thousand pound weight when it could have been a hundred pound weight. And so it, nines, this is an opportunity to practice the discipline of facing things early internally and hopefully avoid that um, sense of being overwhelmed later. If you're a nine and you've lost all of the energy to live. If you have just decided, ah, it's, I, what does it matter if I wake up and get today done? Because then tomorrow's going to come. It's going to be the same exact thing, and I don't want to do tomorrow either. If, if you're in this place of apathy, in this place of lethargy, uh, this is the time for you to get on the phone or to find a loved one and to encourage them, uh, hey, I I need a little bit of a shot in the arm here. If you've got uh, someone, if you've got that seven, you've got that three, maybe you've got a two. I don't, you, you go and if you can be self-aware enough to know, man, um, I, I just cannot carry this weight. There's going to be people who out there who are, are thrilled to encourage you. A nine, the temptation of the nine is to just give, give, give so the people stay away. You can trust other people. You can let them in. They can be a voice of help in this time. Yeah, and so nine, make a list. Make it a reasonable list. It doesn't have to be everything. It doesn't have to be perfect. But make a system that demands of you a little bit each day. Maybe that's read a book that you've always planned on reading, but it's 800 pages. You've got time. Knock out 20 pages a day. Maybe it's scripture. Maybe it's a project at the house, but do something that makes you engage with your life regularly and daily. That's important. And then on the other side, Michael, I mean, I think the true gift that the nine brings to this situation is their sense of peacefulness. When the rest of us are sort of freaking out and and running around and the sky is falling, the, the nine has that innate stability, that steadfastness to say, it'll be all right. Mm. Calm down. Let's all take a breath. And and nines, we desperately need that from you. I, I think nines offer us a tremendous resource in helping us access some of their inherent peace. Yeah, that's the problem, nines, is that you, there's not enough of you to go around, is the honest truth, is that the, the world, we live in a big world that needs the very thing that you are so fluent in. And so to whatever extent you can do so in a healthy soul and mind space, please 
share the gifts that you have. I mean, your ability to call people and to be good listeners, your ability to help see things from different perspectives and mend broken uh, fences when they exist. That Just that innate gift that you have to be relationally invested in other people and to do so without really any need for return or credit. Uh, Nines, this this is really a moment where your ability to be present, it would be a gift to so many. So don't be afraid of it. Throw yourself into it. Uh, we'll all be blessed by it. And, and one last word of permission for nines. You know, phones have off buttons. Hmm. Emails can wait. When you get that unhealthy, needy two that wants to suck up three hours of your time, it's okay to say, you know what, I'm busy. I, I can check back with you later. I'll, I'll text you later. I'll email you later. Um, be aware nines of your energy reserve and the people who might siphon it if you let them. And I, I certainly am not calling you to sever any relationships, but be aware nines, you tend to attract people who are needy and if you don't manage that well, they're likely to take what you need to face your own life in these moments. And so it's okay. It, it, it is okay if you need to say no occasionally. Well, Clint, I'd say to those who are joining us, if you've made it this far in this conversation, you deserve a prize of some kind. It's a privilege that you would stick through this conversation with us, not just today, but the whole Enneagram conversation. I guess I'd just say personally, I think this has been incredibly enriching. It's been challenging in some really constructive ways. Uh, but I also think as it has come in this moment of our shared life together, it's really an open door. It really is an opportunity for all of us to begin a new kind of journey. And I, I'm certain there's stuff that we've shared here today that, that misses the mark. I mean, we're not Enneagram experts. But if there's anything good in what you've heard not just today, but across these conversations. I hope that you will hold on to the good and let go of the bad and that you'll be encouraged to let this spur you on in your faith as a disciple. Yeah, I hope you found something in this helpful. I recently listened to a very interesting uh, YouTube video, a presentation about the Enneagram from some very conservative Christians who tried to make the case that the Enneagram was incompatible with Christianity. And I'll just say that obviously we don't come out there or we wouldn't be doing this. I find the Enneagram lives exactly at the intersection for Presbyterian Christians that matters. The confession that we all start broken, Mm -hmm. that every one of us has some inner flaw, and that those flaws, if left unchecked, will, will direct our life in unhealthy ways. And secondly that as followers of Jesus Christ who are redeemed, our invitation in Him is to improve, to constantly chase a better self that is more reflective of His grace and His presence and His love and mercy in our lives. And we are continually invited to grow. And I find the Enneagram helpful in both of those conversations. And and I find it meets us at the intersection of those two themes in a way that personally I think is both challenging but beneficial. And so I hope that's been something of your experience. Um, We would love to continue this conversation. Michael and I are both, you know, several books and lots of hours deep into this thing. So if you ever want to talk Enneagram, call us, email us, or when this is all over, maybe we'll sit down and have a powwow. But um, thank you for joining us. We will continue to be putting out podcasts. You'll get some information about that coming up, but we've enjoyed this and look forward to the next series. So thanks for being a part of it. Next series starts next Wednesday. We'll be releasing more information. will come out about what that's going to be, but we're excited about it. It's going to be a fun conversation and we look forward to seeing you there. That said, thanks for being with us today and God bless as we continue to learn and grow in faith together. See ya. See ya.